after studying the film from Monday's loss to the Duke Blue Devils, who are the three people that need to step up going forward? Kate Klubnick, Garrett Riley, Blake Miller at right tackle. I'll tell you why next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am the founder of the Scouting Room, as well as the part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Thank you for being the family. Thank you for being my every dayers, guys. I uh, appreciate you always tapping in with your boy. We have a fun show. We have a good show to kind of get into the last pieces of the loss to the Duke Blue Devils. And I studied the tape. I watched the tape yesterday. Watched the entire game on the All-22, the coaches film. And I have my three takeaways, guys. And, you know, starts up front, man. Blake Miller, the right tackle. He has to rebound. Talking about guys, people need to step up. Secondly, Garrett Riley's play calling. There needs to be some shift. There needs to be a change. And, of course, to kick it off, we're going to get into Kate Klubnick has to be the leader of said offense. But before we get into all of that, we got to give a shout out, guys. Today's episode of Locked On Clemson has been brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Cade Klubnick must step up, guys. And, and, and this is a young man that I'm going to tell you what I saw on tape, okay? And then the numbers are kind of speak to it as well. When he had time in the pocket, he was efficient, he was pretty solid. Uh, he didn't, you know, he he didn't make the, the the craziest of decisions and mistakes, but he performed better when he felt comfortable in the pocket. And, um, you know, he, this was a young man that, to me, just felt like overall in the game, he was sped up. His process, his, his the way he's reading things, every whatever, the, he's not trusting what he sees, all of these different things that is going on, all, all I could feel. It, like see and, and pick up on is this young man is struggling with, you know, with the, the, the timing. It, 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 that's what it put. It. He looked like a rookie. He looked like a freshman, right? In his first, first snaps. And I felt like the pressure may have gotten to him a little bit to try and perform and live up to the expectations and everything. And, and he's pressing, he's not trusting protection, which at time for, for most of that game, I, Totally understand why not trust him, uh, you know, but still, you know, I think, you know, everything just it was just a snowball effect. Everything went haywire. And, you know, even when you look at the numbers, right, when he was protected, kept clean, uh, he was kept clean on 57 percent of his dropbacks. He was, um, you know, on those dropbacks, he had, you know, he had 27 dropbacks. He attempted 20 six passes. He was uh 26, he was 20 of 26 for 77% completion, 154 yards, around 6 yards per attempt and what t- one touchdown, right? The, the one the only touchdown in the game. When he was pressured, okay? Whew, okay, when he was pressured. Well, first let me flip. When he was blitzed, cuz you know, a lot of people get this mixed up. You can be under pressure 
like you can blitz but not get home. So the quarterback's not under pressure. And then you can be under pressure without the blitz. So when he was blitz, he was uh, blitz 25% of his dropbacks. He had a, he, he attempted 11 passes. So he was 10 of 11, 90 um, 91%, almost 91% completion, 55 yards passing, and a touchdown. Average only five yards per attempt. Um, you know, in the game itself, he averaged less than five yards per attempt. Um, just overall, right? Because he took so many attempts. He had 47 dropbacks and 43 pass attempts and everything. And he just was kind of d- dunking and dinking and dunking. You know what I mean? Um, only truthfully, when you look at the passing down the field outside over 20 yards, he only had three three um, attempts over twenty yards. He didn't complete any of them. He he had uh, six completions um, around the yes he had no he had six attempts around the intermediate the ten to nineteen. But he was five of six, seventy four yards, twelve point three yards per attempt. And then he took he had eighteen. Listen, to, this is crazy. Eighteen uh, attempts, zero to nine yards. In terms of passing, let completed eleven uh, of those passes, eighty-seven yards in the interception, and then he had thirteen attempts behind the line of scrimmage, eleven uh, completions, eighty-four point five percent completion percentage, forty-eight yards, and a touchdown. And again, guys, just looking at the numbers, you want to see him push the ball down the field more. And there were some moments where they, they, you know he had a, a there was a I can't remember if it's Cole Turner, one of the receivers against looked like a kind of a cover two squatting corner. Um, and the guy just kind of gives a quick little press, quick jam and squats. And then you see the receiver take off and he's, you know, by himself open down the field. And those are the things that you want to see K come back to deep comeback route to Cole Turner on the backside of the formation instead of staring down, which I think it was like cover four or something like that. Instead of staring down the read, that he had uh, across the middle of the field and everything else, come back to the to the you know work backside to the comeback route. It's wide open. He had Kate another time on the curl route for about fifteen. That if he throws it with anticipation, um, you know, Kate create enough separation to catch the ball away from his body or use his body to shield the defender back. Uh, that that play ended up turning into kind of a you know extended route where he kind of works back down and then breaks out. And he ends up dropping it. But again, the pass is clearly late. It's very late. So Cade has to slow down. And Cade has to slow down. Cade needs to, you know, take command of this offense. Keep, you know, and I think as a leader himself, I think he's going to be fine. I just think he needs to slow down because he is the key to all of this. Right? The defense did their job. For most of that game, the defense did their job. Even when you got turnovers back-to-back, short fields given up, whatever, whatever, the defense did their job. Offensively, the passing offense must improve, right? Hit the routes that are there. Stop all the short stuff. And we're going to get into that when we talk about Garrett Riley. But in the, here's, the, here's the other part to this puzzle. Cade has to be better under pressure. 43% of his dropbacks, he was pressured. He was 17. He was 7 for 17, 41% completion, 55 yards, 3.2 yards per attempt, and he threw and yeah, I think he threw an interception on that one. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, or, or no, he didn't throw a touchdown. I'm sorry. So he he his his game vastly decreased when he was pressured. I need to see him 
play better in the pocket when he's pressured. What I mean by that is simple, guys. When you drop back and you see that there's pressure coming on the outside, on the edges, step up, man, because that's how you help leverage your tackles. If your tackle is, is trying to run the arc with an explosive edge rusher or even a nickel corner, if you step up, right, they can kind of, they can continue to wash that guy out. But if you drift backwards, which he tends to do, he had, you know what I'm telling you, he had some, he had open receivers. He had guys open. He really did not get the ball out quick enough. He did not see it. He did not trust it. And those are the things. Those are the things that will cripple you as a football team. So again, Cade to me, Cade Klubnik looked like a freshman. He looked like a rookie in the NFL that is not accustomed to the speed of the game. Now, that was a very tough environment to play in. This is week one, opening week, Monday night football. The pressure is so much. And I felt like it might have gotten to him. But one thing I do believe, I do believe that, that it's correctable. His footwork has to be better and everything. And, and I think, you know, he, he fixes that. He can, you know, really be able to drive passes. The arc on his passes at times were too high. And, and then didn't even have enough zip and, and RPMs on it, enough velocity. Because he's overstriding, he's not kind of loading the back foot, rotating through the hips and the core, and really engaging his core and delivering a strike. A lot of times, he had a, he had one pass on like a, a maybe a ten yard curl, but to Jake Brinningstool, and it was a missile. It was a boom. He zoomed it in there. I was like, "Let's go, Cade. I like that." He had you know he had another throw. Um, I can't remember if it was to, oh, I can't remember who it was, but he just oh, it might Bo Collins, anticipation. He put it out there, and it's like, those are the things I want to see from you, Cade. I want to see those throws. I want to see that. And if you do that, we can be successful. So you want to talk about how to, you know, like I said, he has to lead. He has to get this, this offense on track, and he has to be better against pressure, uh, period, attacking the, the intermediate and, and, and do it more, push the ball down the field more. All right, get those safeties and keep them back because this is a dominant run game. But you want to know what who else has has a lot of weight on their shoulders? Offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, his play calling needs to change. It needs to uh, adjust. All of this, these things need to be better. And I'm gonna tell you why next on the Locked On Clemson podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You have simple tools at your disposal, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Okay, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Offensive coordinator Garrett Raleigh's play calling must improve. I, I, I look at this situation. This is all from watching the tape, studying the tape, film session, film review. And one thing that I noticed was the constant usage of 
kind of two concepts. You see um, guard tackle counter, and then you saw the zone read, QB read, and the mesh point and everything. And I, I, I feel like the, the zone read, QB read, I don't have a particular problem with that. The issue I have is simply, okay, not using it as, as often. Like he, he used it quite a bit because it's like, okay, you keep going back to the well because the, the offense was kind of sputtering at times. And then third quarter, he really found success. But it's like, okay, you don't have to keep going to that sp- specific uh, concept. And if you are, let's get a little more creative, right? So he, he showcased uh, going out into what we call um, – I think it was pony set with three wide receivers. So two running backs and shotgun, three wide receivers on the field. Antonio Williams is in the slot, true sophomore in number zero. He goes into orbit motion. I liked the first one, the first time or two when they, they ran it because it gives you that creativity. If one gives the coverage indicator, because you see the nickel corner go with him on in motion, right? Now they didn't do anything really passing wise off of it. Um, so they, they, they more so ran inside zone. And things like that, but they, and they tried to do the the zone read, and I think that's where they had the fumble, um, if I remember correctly, by Kate Klubnik, the, the the poor ball handling and 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 in the handoff exchange or mesh point exchange between him and, and Will Shipley. But also, guys, I'll say this: the constant, and that, as I just talked about for Kate Klubnik, and, and you know how like the amount of passes. That, I mean, I can go back to it real quick. The amount of passes, guys, that that they threw behind the line of scrimmage was nauseating for me. I didn't like it. I was not happy about seeing that, right? It was nauseating. You have your quarterback throw, well, let me see. Let me go back to it. 13 passes behind the line of scrimmage. 13. 18 of his attempts came under 10 yards. So under 10 yards, K. Klubnik attempted, to, well, let me see. So he he attempted around 31 pass attempts underneath 10 yards. That is that is not good, man. That is not it. You cannot do that. Oh, he 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 had what? 43 pass attempts? Cade did? He had 43 pass attempts. And a cool 31 of those came underneath 10 yards. When he when he attacked 10 to 19 yards, he was 6, he was 5 of 6 for 74 yards over 12 yards per completion. Everything outside of that, the 31 passes that he attempted were underneath the seven yard per play per attempt range. Like, guys, this that Garrett Riley has to be better. He has to be better. The the constant, um, you know, back to the run game real quick, the constant of using the guard tackle pull. Listen, that is a play that takes a lot of time. And once they realize what's coming, that backside end is not going to pay attention to anything else. They're going to crash the line and they're going to tackle you for a two yard loss. And we had a couple of those in this game. Now, what do you say? So, DP, how do you fix that if you want to run that? Well, one way to, to counteract that is now, granted, Duke was very well prepared for the zone read stuff and the QB run stuff because of they would have the, the end crash and then the safety or linebacker will come over the top to take to uh to to basically have that responsibility of Cade in that particular run format. But if you're going to run that GT counter, you can add the cube, the zone read off of it. And then Cade can start to pull those. You got to get Cade involved in the run game a little more. Just be strategic about it. No QB draws and QB powers. And if you're going to run QB draw, it has to be a situation that makes sense. 
not third and 15 like you did in the red zone. And, and, and you know, he runs a QB draw. He's trying to get not even a first, not even a first down. He's just trying to get to the end zone or get close enough to the one yard line, right? Because you had uh, pre snap penalties and all that crap that they really in, that really interrupted everything. So no, what you do in that situation is if you're gonna run QB draw, you gotta be okay. Third and five, they want to go man to man across the board. Cool, run. Literally run off routes, clear out routes. And if they don't have a spy, boom, now you got Cade not only for five, but maybe 15. And then he's got to slide. He's got to slide. And then also he needs to, because you can tell he's not used to sliding, because remember he slid towards the end of the game, that last drive that could do it, where like he got the, the targeting call, which the referees were absolutely terrible in that situation. That's a 15 yard penalty. And like you call him a dead spot five. You know, come on, man. What are we doing? It's a late hit. Late hit, unsportsmanlike conduct. Forget the targeting crap. Forget trying to keep the kid out of the game. That's a late hit. That's a 15 yards in the NFL. Offense is moving. Okay? Unsportsmanlike conduct. Unnecessary roughness. In the, in the, NCAA, the college referees are absolute. Just, they're, they're, they're not good. They're some of the worst in all the sports. And the NCAA's rules are the stupidest rules in, in America by far. Okay, um, so got that ran out the way. Uh, but yes, so you see that position. The reason why they call it a dead ball foul is because he started to slide. And he started to slide too early, so they were, he was marked uh, short of the first down. In that situation, instead of sliding, you got to dive. You got to dive, stick the ball across the, the first down yard line, and, and then if he still hits you, boom, that's an extra 15 yards. You still have like six minutes on the clock or whatever it was, and you're in a good spot. But but again, going back to Garrett Riley, like if you, you got to get his legs involved, talking about Cade, get him involved in the run game. Of course, that's, that is so necessary. And after getting him involved, like I said, to be strategic with it, but that's where you want to see more moving him off the launch point, right? Uh, you know, open, like naked bootlegs off of play action, off the zone read, look, inside zone look, and everything like that. Get the, the RPO game going as well because he'd look good on some of the RPO throws and everything. This, this is a correctable situation, but Garrett Riley, one thing I, I think I've told you guys this multiple, multiple times, especially offensive coordinators, offensive-minded, offensive geniuses, those guys, those type of coaches have to get out of their own way. I don't care what you ran before. I don't care how well it worked in the Big 12, how well it worked in the Pac-12, how well it worked in the Mountain, in Mountain West Conference. You can't take certain crap to other conferences. You just can't. You can't take the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Okay? You can't do certain things in the Big 12, like in the ACC that you could do in the Big 12. Dear God, you couldn't take it to the SEC. So you gotta you gotta adapt. And I said that. That was one of the things that we were gonna learn. How could he adapt? And I felt like he was 50, 50% in terms of satisfaction, my, my rate for that. He adapted somewhat. I want to see more more option routes for, for Antonio Williams. Listen, when they gave him the opportunity to run option routes, he was cooking those DBs, being able to climb up, get into their airways, and break either left or right, read the leverage, and win. He can win quickly, and that's what you need in this offense. That's what you need. Point blank period. That's it. I don't want to hear nothing else. That is what you can do. That is how you win, and that young man can do it. But listen, the offense coordinator, has to do his job. So, Garrett Riley, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders going forward, brother. I need to see better. I need to see more. I need to see a better product going forward. But another piece of this puzzle, the final piece that I'm going to talk about is right tackle Blake Miller. He has to rebound. He did not have a good game. I'm going to tell you what the tape told me and why I feel like he is a 
absolute ultimate rebound candidate coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Guys, trying to buy tickets for at the last minute for your favorite event shouldn't be stressful, but we all know that it is because you're trying to buy tickets at the last minute. You're trying to hunt down the best price, avoid scammers and scalpers, and then you're also competing with other buyers for said event. But game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have flash deals and last minute tickets. The tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. When you go to the website or the app, they will have images of the seat views so you you can have a better picture of what you will be able to see from that seat. The lowest price uh, guarantee, event cancellation protection, and even job loss protection, etc., etc. Right now, Clemson fans, if you want to go see your Clemson Tigers host the uh, Charleston Southern Buccaneers, you can do that for $5. So go snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Right tackle Blake Miller needs to rebound and rebound in a big way. When you look at what happened on Monday night versus the Duke Blue Devils, as I talked about, about, you know, 42%, I believe it was, of Kay Klubnick's dropbacks, he was pressing on. And when I watched the tape, yeah, Tristan Lee had some struggles, especially early in that game and everything. But for the most part, this young man, in his first true start at, at tackle, um, especially for this season, he looked pretty good. I liked what I saw from him overall. Uh, I think he, re- re- he rebounded mid-game, in-game he rebounded. Blake Miller and Walker Parks were the two culprits that gave up the most pressure, hurries, and QB hits in this game. Per PFF, now, I'm going to just go through the grades for you. Uh, you know, offensive grade for Blake Miller, a 43.5. His run block grade, 52.3. His pass block grade, 47.5. And when you look at it, he allowed zero sacks. Okay, cool. He had, I think, two penalties, one accepted. He, had, he allowed two QB hits, four hurries, and six pressures in 86 total snaps, 49 of which came in as a pass blocker and a pass protector. And just watching him, and I told you guys, I watched this tape, and I know he graded out pretty well in the run game last year for PFF, for like a seven, almost 76.8, almost a 77 run block grade, but his pass block grade was only a 63.8. I did not like what I saw from him. He is a good straight-line athlete, but when you tell him to recover after being beaten, when you tell him to redirect and change directions, flip his hips and his feet, He's a tall, he's 6'6", 315. He's a tall, lumbering guy, and I, and I didn't see – the, the level of comfort when, when he was tasked to handle those type of things, right? So for me, guys, I, I view it from the aspect of he has to be better. Just point blank. Point blank, period. He has to be better. There's no other way around it. Blake Miller has to be better. And when I sat there and I watched how this thing unfolded, and not only that, guys, even in the run game, right, when, when the team tried to run off, off of him, the right tackle, uh, in that area, they uh, you know off, right right off of him. It was two two attempts for four yards. Then it was six attempts for twenty one yards, right, and 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 three point five yards per carry and everything. But the right, it was in the middle. The the left side was a little bit more, a little bit more successful. But they really ran the ball very well through the middle. So the middle, the 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 offensive line was very very key. And, and, and making everything happen and everything work. So, again, I just look at it from this aspect that Blake Miller has he has to be better. And, and I, I just feel like 
if he's not, right? If he struggles against Charleston Southern's edge rushers, right? If he str- like there was a couple times he was on the ground, guy. He was late. You know what I mean? He was very late in terms of getting out of the starting blocks. That he this little uh gab gallop and skip pull that I for a guy like him that's just not a fast explosive starter. When he gets out in open field and those legs can get to open the stride, yes, he looked fast because he's a straight line athlete. But everything else, man, he 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 caused delays on some run plays because of that skip gallop. And I know that that's something that uh, you know that the coaching staff. Uh, you know, brought over from um the Big Twelve. I think Garrett Riley brought that over. But point, you know, that's kind of what they did at, at uh what was he uh TCU. So um you know that it worked there, but it's not gonna work in this league. It's not gonna work in the SEC. So you gotta change that. You know what I mean? So um it's not all Blake Miller in that regard, but still the rest of the things that that did was in his control, right? He's leaning heavy on guys. He's bending at the waist, not at the knees. Guys are just beating him around the end. They're they're faster than him, more explosive off the off the edge. If he doesn't get out to quick set them, they just run right by him. He's got to improve these things. He's got to fix it. And again, at the end of the day, he's got to rebound. But guys, that is the show today. We talked about Blake Miller's rebound and the fact that he needs to rebound because if he doesn't, here's my last take. If he does not rebound, it's time to look at Colin Sadler and put him in the lineup opposite of Tristan Lee. You got to find out. You got to get the best five on the field. If Blake Miller's part of that best five, you need to find that out quickly before we play Florida State in two weeks. Now, we also talked about Garrett Riley's play calling. Let do uh, Enough with the you know, with the passing plays underneath uh, 10 yards, enough of that, enough of the the spamming like a uh, like a Madden gamer spamming the same run concept, thinking that they can't stop it when eventually they will uh, with the with the GT counter guard tackle counter. Stop spamming that. Get Cade's legs involved early and, and get him into a rhythm and take more shots down the field. Isolate one-on-one. You did it. I mean, they did it last year with, with less explosive receivers. Isolate one-on-one and less attack down the field. Then we also talk about K-Clubbing, just handling pressure better, being better himself, right? Play calling needs to be better around him so that he can lead this offense. He needs to get into a rhythm. He needs to calm down sooner in games so that he can play the type of football that we know he is talented enough and capable of playing. But, guys, thank you all for making Locked on Clemson your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, thank you for being the family, but also thank you for being my everydayers. Continue to pump the YouTube channel. All right, go on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and, and, and you know, hit the bell notification and everything. We're over 700. Let's get it to 1,000. Let's get it to 1,000. On, on the audio side, hit the, uh, you know, subscribe, hit automatic downloads and, and everything like that, and then leave a five-star comment review for your boy, and let's support, let's, let's support your boy, DP, all right? Let's support your boy DP and the Locked On Podcast Network over here to see heading into that game versus the Charleston Southern Buccaneers on Saturday. So that will be Friday show. In terms of Twitter, you know, you can find me there, DP underscore NFL. Talk to me because I do talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team everywhere, every day. Go Tigers.